Hello, hello and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. I'm Brian O'Sullivan, this is my podcast of creative conversations and boy do we have a treat in store for you today. Tommy Gakenwan is with me today to talk photography, uh, oh my goodness, everything. Life really, life and art and acting and not acting and taking photographs and bringing your camera everywhere you go and Ah, just magic. Magic. A great wee chat with Tommy. Uh, one that I've wanted to have for so long. Um, so I'm really grateful to him for his time and it was great to, to welcome him into the studio. As has been happening over the last few weeks, I am trying out yet another setup for the studio and it's gradually gaining momentum. Um, I've sort of managed to create, and I use the word loosely because I didn't do much towards it, a little vocal booth for myself at last for voiceover work and I'm trying it out on the podcast today just to see how it sounds and it's working great. My big thanks to my pal Andy Fraser who designed and built this booth of mine um, and it's it's working a treat today so that's very exciting. Um, yeah, I'm dead, I'm dead excited for you to hear this conversation. Um, it's fresh out the box. We just had our chat today um, bringing it straight to you and later today I'm going to go down to a play a pie and a pint to order more and I'm letting you know what's on this week I'm looking forward to seeing Mr Moonlight by Kim Miller it's on until Saturday the 30th of April 1pm every day it's directed by April Chamberlain and the cast includes Karen Dunbar Kyle Gardner and Andy Clark and I'm uh, reliably told that there's also a, a little surprise appearance from Ormore favourite Gavin Mitchell looking forward to seeing that about uh, Frankie Vaughan Mr Moonlight every day at one o'clock and the ticket price of course includes a pie and a pint so there you go get down and see that if you can I'm looking forward to seeing it very shortly so what else can I tell you well since I came back from holiday I've been reading loads um have I told you that or is this this first one back no that the last episode was when I was on holiday um I was looking forward to to reading loads. Um, I did, I did, and uh, it's great. I'm back in the way of it now. So I've just started reading uh, Hanya Yanagihara's new novel, To Paradise, which is our third. And I, I haven't actually read the second, but I loved A Little Life. Um, amazing writing and, and big, long books that you can get really stuck into. So I'm about, I don't know, 10% of the way into To Paradise, and I'm enjoying it. And it's, it's a slow burn, and it's a build, and that's what I love. So... Um, I hope that you're reading or or getting involved in something um, creatively that uses your creative brain. I really hope so, uh, and I hope that I hope that you're well. I suppose I don't suppose I do hope you're well. Um, I'm finding life to be since I got back from holiday. I'm finding life to be quite challenging, um, just in a kind of a day to day. Just getting through the day, I'm finding quite quite challenging. Um, Quite changeable, you know, I kind of, one minute I think, vainly, naively I think, ah, I've got it sorted, I know what's going on, I'm okay. And then five minutes later I'm be like, oh my god, I can't cope with this, whatever. Um, so I've been through all that and variations thereof, uh, and shades thereof, today and yesterday, um, a number of times. So it's been, it's been long, I'm pretty tired, and um, I was really glad to talk to Tommy it was a tonic, you know, um, and it always is, you know, and that's what I said to him when we finished up the, the chat, I just said it's, I always feel different after having those conversations, I feel changed, I feel something has shifted, and it did, um, all these things are temporary, any salve is, is temporary, so, so I went on and did the rest of my day, and then I got back to that same kind of, um, struggling to just keep going feeling for a while um and now I feel better again that I'm that I'm talking to you um so it is a it is good for what ails you you know a creative act putting something out into the world digging into your brain a wee bit to see what is it that you want to share um it's all good you know it's all its own little therapeutic thing um Aye, so I hope you're well, I hope that life is treating you kindly um, and you're able to be gentle with yourself and um, that you're drinking your water because Tommy certainly is, he's he's a big advocate <laughs> of, of being hydrated so it reminded me just being around him, I was like oh god yeah I do need to drink more water so I did, I did and that's definitely not done me any harm although I went for a 
9pm tea and cake situation which definitely wouldn't have done my ongoing headache much use uh, or much good um, massive slab of Victoria sponge the cup of tea but there you go look life's for living okay so do that um, one of our good podcast friends Nicola Stevens, was in touch with me the other day and uh, she was saying wouldn't you know it the one time I'm in Glasgow you're not here and you're not doing a show so Nicola hello um Thanks for always listening and I'm sorry that I missed you and I hope that I'll see you next time you're here. Um, it's nice to get these wee messages from people. I do feel that I'm connected to lots of people through the podcast and through the comedy and stuff like that. Um, so keep them coming and if you have a wee thought about the show or something that you something chimes with you, it doesn't have to be a big debate or a suggestion, but um, get in touch genuinely because I, I love to hear from people. Um, you can do it through the social media, which is Pod on Instagram and Twitter, or the Facebook page, which is simply called Putting It Together. Um, and you can email me, brian at puttingittogethercast.com. Or if it's a suggestion for a guest or that type of thing, um, then you can email producer at puttingittogethercast.com. Producer at puttingittogethercast.com. And Cole will deal with you uh, in his loving and wonderful manner, which he produces uh, for, for every encounter. Uh, the wonderful Cole Stewart and big thanks to him for all his work on the podcast a hero and a warrior indeed so now I'm going to bring you my guest of the week it's Tommy Gakken Wan he's with me and we are putting it together in Xanadu did Kubla Khan a sacred pleasure dome decree where Alf the sacred river ran through caverns measureless to man down to a sunless sea so you're you're going up on a roller coaster, the, the bit where it's going up the hill, or is it yeah, like when yeah. you're waiting at the top? Um, I think no, it's it's when it's going down. It's uh, down. Yeah, actually, probably both, probably <laughs> both, but uh, but definitely when it's going down. Yeah. Or you're at the doctors and you have to get a jag or mm-hmm, yeah. something that's yeah, unpleasant. Yeah, like needles. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Or of course, if someone asks you to sound sound check, of course that's that's never but pleasant. No, don't have as many of those. <laughs> so, are you ever on stage or in front of the camera? Um. So I did a bit of acting when I was a student. That was student theatre at Glasgow Uni. Oh, you at Glasgow? Yep, and I did love that. Um, I sort of, I wasn't, I didn't do it for very long. I did it, we did one sort of big ensemble play. I think it was The Crucible. Uh-huh. And I enjoyed the process mostly, but at that time I was still very kind of shy. And so I didn't really like being around other actors you know extremely extrovert people right. you know in rehearsals i'm just trying to sit and read my book in the corner between my scenes and everybody's singing and dancing about i, I didn't, <laughs> didn't really care for that sure, sure. so then uh, after that i did um what's it called edward i'll be the zoo story right so i played the sort of mild-mannered kind of uh i played him like niles crane i think oh perfect and uh i can see that so yeah that was it that was t- two man and that, i really enjoyed that and that was kind of the end of my acting um days uh but being in front of the camera, yeah, I've done a wee bit just through my job. Um, the main thing was I was a judge in this reality TV show in Singapore. Were you? Yeah, so that was uh, amazing. That was a that was a kind of strange. I would go. It was three seasons, and I would go out for maybe three weeks a year to film it. Um, what was it? A modelling thing, or it was called the Big Shot. Right. So the principle was the same as america's next top model mm-hmm. but it was for photographers All so right. a bunch of amateur photographers get sent on a challenge they come back they get their pictures judged somebody gets eliminated yeah yeah and that came about because of, i don't know if you remember Flickr. yeah yeah, uh, yeah but yeah back like in 2010 or something like that i, I used to have quite a following on Flickr. uh that sadly never translated to my instagram i don't know where everybody went. it's hard to get them to <laughs> go across i know always hard um but i miss Flickr because it was a much more uh, about photography and about you know a sense of community rather than just instagram where it's just about collecting likes mostly, yeah, isn't yeah. it? But um, but yeah. So when the contestants who were applying to be on the big shot filled out the form saying name some photographers you like, some of them put my name down just because oh. they'd seen it on Flickr. And then the producer said, "Get in touch with that guy, find out who he is." And oh, cool! First season they asked me to go over just for one episode to be a guest judge, mm. and then for seasons two and three they asked me if I'd be one of the permanent ones. So that's so cool. Yeah, it was great fun. I really enjoyed it. So what was what was the kind of vibe like in terms of you know like artistically or creatively in singapore when you compare it now to being in the scottish theater community for example um i think that the i don't know that yeah there's it's a bit more i don't know a bit more reserved in singapore i suppose there was some kind of 
on the show there was some drama you know off camera and i was like if this show was being made in the uk they'd be all over this like this is like this is, the, this is this good is the telly yeah, yeah. And, and they were like oh no keep, you know, that, out. Yeah, keep that out but, so there was example there was one guy who was um eliminated and he was uh so in singapore the you know uh the, the ethnic makeup of singapore is sort of like mostly chinese and mostly malay yeah and there was one guy who thought it was because he was malaysian that he was or malay that he was being um oh. thrown off and and you know and so that that's pretty dramatic i think that you know that'd make good telly to to go through yeah. that yeah but uh malaysia's the same landmass isn't it as singapore yeah exactly you just go north yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, so. it's a, such an interesting place because it is mostly people from other places yeah yeah that's it? right uh-huh i don't know a good deal about the history of um singapore to be I honest about really. that but their official language is english like yeah. so in the home people will generally speak chinese or malay or indian or, or something indian or whatever it is that they, they speak but mm-hmm. in but all business in schools and hospitals all that kind of thing it's all english yeah so so interesting yeah so that's like that's such a unique thing i think what i love about this is when i sit down with people often someone will come out with something like that and be like, right so i don't know if you know but i did this <laughs> thing and i'm like what um a lot of people have got one of those in their back pocket yeah yeah and you got that one right you know right at the beginning <laughs> that's good you didn't keep it yeah, holding no. <laughs> hold it back but i feel like you've got a few of them there's one in particular that I'd, I'd want to hold till later on right I know okay, about. Yeah. but anyway what were you studying at glasgow uni uh, english literature right so the theater thing was was extracurricular yeah, it was. Uh, um, I suppose, obviously, well, drama and and is is part of English literature. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but certainly the the performing aspect, yeah, was definitely extracurricular. Sure, sure. Um, and I suppose that is kind of how I ended up taking photographs for theatre. Right. A lot of the people that I met in student theatre were you know obviously aspiring actors and directors and then a lot of them came out and became actors and directors and then when they needed somebody to take photos they remembered the fact that i was at uni and always had a camera around my neck and everywhere i went so yeah so you were taking photos even back then oh yeah um before uh you even went to uni or when did it start Uh, yeah when i was 14 so 14 right yeah i got given a wee digital camera that my parents uh got free with a computer and yeah i just took it everywhere i went it was um it was in it was back then just to document the sort of carry on that me and my friends would get up to yeah yeah um in a way that i suppose every kid now uses the phone but back then there was no phone no camera phones and you know nobody had a camera either you don't bring a camera to school did you no. so it was like so it was really a weird thing to have um you plug it in by usb to get the pictures onto the computer oh uh, yeah and then yeah, upload yeah. them uh, yeah yeah, yeah. We did that. yeah. We did that. <laughs> Put them up in black and white, like oh, oh yeah, no, or or um, one that, sepia kind of thing, or when you, you you make it all black and white except for one wee bit. Oh <laughs> baby, there's a red balloon or something. You're like, I'm so deep. <laughs> wow. So of course, yeah, as you say, it it wasn't everybody that had access to a camera. Mm. Not because they couldn't, but just it was just was a bit odd, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas exactly. we all just have one in our pocket now. Mm-hmm. I mean, even university when I went there, by that time I got myself, you know, a proper SLR camera. But back then, it still was unusual to the point where if you were taking photos, whether it was in a bar or in the street, people would ask you what you're doing. You know, what's that, what's this for? It would have to be for something. You know, the idea right. that you could just just might take a camera out for for fun or for because it's your hobby that was still unusual and yeah, kind of I suppose odd. So yeah. yeah. But then is that is that a bigger thing about people? You know, our society where things do have to be for something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Makes you wonder, uh-huh, doesn't uh-huh. it? Yeah, yeah. Like what are you what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing with that? <laughs> you know, and then if you're into something, I think as a kid, especially as a teenager, people are like, "So you're gonna do? Is that what you're gonna do?" Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is that what you're gonna be when you grow mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. What did you think you were gonna be when you grew up? Um. So I remember. I mean, when I I had sort of like you know primary school, the sort of standard stuff. I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. Stuff like that, and then I think when I was in high school, um. I was quite interested in philosophy and I sort of thought, oh, I want to be a philosopher. That sounds brilliant. You know, just thinking all the time, you know, getting get paid to think, that'd be brilliant. Ideally so. combine the two, <laughs> astronaut philosopher <laughs> yeah, yeah. in space, floating about, <laughs> Absolutely. Think. Yeah, it's a great place for philosophizing yeah. in space, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that probably, and what else in high school? Maybe politics as well. I think, right. you know, you get these yearbook, most likely, yeah. Yeah, I, I did get voted the most likely to enter parliament right. by my high school class. Uh, so that that was and then I think there was also law was a possibility that's where I did my work experience right law firms uh, yeah 
And uh, but then, so I think when I went to university, the idea was probably. Um, oh, I don't actually. When I went to uni, because I went to study psychology and politics initially. Initially, and right. then you know you pick up a third subject, and I thought, well, I'm interested in English. I like I like reading, so I'll I'll just take English literature. That was meant to be my third one, and then I ended up graduating in English literature. That's what I enjoyed. So I think by that point, my plan was probably to go and do a master's, do a PhD, probably become an academic. Right. So okay. that, I think that was probably the plan. Yeah. Okay. What were you reading? I mean, in your in your course and stuff, what were you interested in? Um. So, I had quite a broad range of interests. I mean, I did love Shakespeare, but and I did like actually literature from that period, you know, mm. Renaissance stuff. And then I didn't have much interest in the sort of in between that and the twentieth century, though. I didn't really care for Victorian literature or Romantic literature that much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So then my focus was mostly on twentieth century stuff, modernist stuff, um, British and American. And there was a great sci-fi course, at, um, in or module in at my, in my uni course. So I, yeah, I did, I did love that. that so sci-fi fun. literature. Yeah, right. yeah. So that was great. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested when people say they studied literature, because a few you know that have come on the show have. Right. Yeah. I always want to know what what you were reading because mm-hmm. I think I think there's a wee bit of me that thinks maybe I could have done that. Right. Yeah. I don't think I could have written essays. Uh-huh. I was very bad at that. Right. The best, the funniest criticism I ever got in a margin of an essay at drama school was, you are not Noel Coward. Which <laughs> <laughs> so I was very disappointed to find no, out. absolutely. Because I would just have flowery language, but not really be saying anything. I would yeah, just yeah, be sure, waffling. Sure. You know? Well, I don't know. That's quite common in the, in the, <laughs> in the, the academic the, circles. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I suppose so. it probably is, yeah. <laughs> Getting the word count up, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. But... Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm really glad I, I studied literature. I think it uh, gives you a really broad base of knowledge and yeah. lots of different things. And um, Do you still read a lot now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, after I graduated, I went through, a, I must have just been a bit exhausted. Mm. Uh, so I didn't read any fiction for a good year or two after I graduated. And I mostly just read non-fiction stuff, popular signs and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, no, no, yeah, I love to read again now. It's um, I think it's one of the things that helped get me through the... The pandemic, you know, when you're just shut up in the house. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's only so much Netflix you can watch. It was really nice to be able to yeah. just because quite often it's quite hard to get back. It's quite hard to get into a book nowadays, you know, with or people's attention spans and all the mm-hmm. sort of stuff you can be doing. Smartphones probably ruined a lot of reading for Big a lot time, of people. Yeah. But uh, so during COVID, when you know you were kind of shut off and you could just focus a bit better. Yeah, because yeah, you're not in any rush. You're like, like exactly. I've got an hour to read, and then I've got to do four million things. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. I think I feel like well, I've been reading a lot recently because I've been on holiday, so I'm back mm-hmm. in the habit of it, which is cool. Yeah, I feel like it just needs a wee bit of well, it needs effort on your part, whereas Netflix can be totally passive. That's right. Yeah, and I think that first hour is where the most effort is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you first sit down with it, you have to go because your mind goes, oh, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mad mind instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two pages, I'm like, ah, because <laughs> it's not giving you rewards quickly. It's mm-hmm. slow, mm-hmm. you know. It's a long game. That's right. But then once you're in, it's like so much more rewarding. Yeah, it's it's an easy habit to break, and then but once you yeah, and and easy one to make as well. Mm. If you do just make a bit of effort, then once you once you're in the habit of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what a joy. There you are with a with a camera around your neck, and uh, you've graduated, and you're not reading any more fiction. And w- when when was the first time that someone approached you and said, "Will you come and take pictures for this thing?" Um, so that would have happened while I was still a student. As I say, I was because I was kind of known just for being that guy with the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get bits and pieces of work then, but I think the journey to um sort of becoming a professional photographer well the first person oh hmm well i don't know i don't normally tell this story right with a couple of bottles of wine but <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this so in 2006 so i was 20 i was in i would have been in my final year at uni and i got a phone call from somebody who said they were a friend of a friend of one of my lecturers they were looking to buy some prints photographic prints for their house mm-hmm. and yep they'd seen my work they wanted to to buy some i think i think i had a, I, yeah i must have had a website back then or at least somewhere you could see the the work online sure sure so he wanted to buy some prints and um you know i was dead excited because what he was asking for was i don't know it would have cost him over a thousand pounds and you know i was 20 years old i'd never heard of that much money being in yeah, my account course, so yeah, this yeah. is dead exciting and <laughs> 
he says, well, I'm, he, he, this guy's an investment banker, lives in London, mm-hmm. but he's from Glasgow, going to be up, visit the parents. Do you uh, want to meet up when I'm up next month? Mm-hmm. And you can hand over the prints to me then. Mm-hmm. So we, he tells me to book a table at a restaurant, whatever one I like. So I book a table at the chip. <laughs> of course and, you do. Uh, we meet up there and he, we have a good old time actually, get very drunk, have a, have a, have a good laugh. This is the first time you've ever met him. That's right, yeah. Right. And he has a proposal for me. He says he'd like to help me after I graduate get into business. He will set me up with whatever equipment I need, uh-huh. introduce me to contacts, and take a cut of everything I earn. And mm-hmm. I think, well, this sounds fantastic, actually. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> okay. So we keep in touch. Um, talk quite often on the phone become you know become kind of pals as well mm-hmm. I go down to London to visit him and it's absolutely brilliant uh, so I, I, you know a guy you know cause it's, obviously this guy's very rich yeah. <laughs> somebody waiting at the airport for him a sign oh nice okay you know you get into a Mercedes S class that kind of thing lovely takes me to see Madame Butterfly at the Royal Albert Hall <sighs> uh, lunch at the top of the Gherkin so you know I'm really getting <laughs> getting the treatment yeah, yeah. getting the proper treatment cool. and um, you know I remember I'm sitting at the top of the Gherkin with a martini or something thinking fuck is this my life now I've really made it this is, <laughs> this is absolutely brilliant and uh, <laughs> so it goes on that's right and then he funds my first exhibition wow. um, which you know it was just like, in the basement of uh, offshore in Glasgow mm-hmm. but um, it was really brilliant uh, and then I graduated. I went to Hong Kong with my family after after I left uni, and uh, he came out, met me there, met my family there, and my first professional job, or the first big professional job after I graduated was. Well, it was a weird one because I'd entered this photo. Oh, oh God, this story's all over the place, right? Well, I'm you're, waiting you're for the ball to drop right? here. Okay. I'm <laughs> on the edge of my seat. Good, like. right? Okay, so <laughs> I'd entered this competition with, uh, sponsored by Miller Beer. Uh-huh. And I came second. The prize given was at Oran Moore. Mm-hmm. And um, first prize was a year's supply of Miller beer. Right. And to be honest, when I saw the photograph that won, I was like, oh, that's outrageous. Because it was basically just a club selfie, right? right okay. <laughs> but the, 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 winner, the announcement said, um, we're uh, really glad to have this photo, which captures the spirit of Miller beer. Right, oh, okay. Cool. So that's why they got that. Really? But the second prize that I got was... A week in London shadowing this uh, artist, uh-huh. a public artist called Martin Farrell, who is still a friend and does great work. I think that's better than beer. Yeah, exactly. If you're Much actually be- interested yeah. in so, Yeah, exactly. So I was so lucky to have yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And then I turned up that first night in London at his um, Soho loft, you know. Of course. And um, he answers the door and he goes, you must be Tommy coming. <laughs> Cheers, my dear. <laughs> And he said, and he said, do you know what? I've looked at your work, and I think this is going to be great. I was really, um, when I first agreed to do this, I thought, oh my god, I'm going to have some spotty teenager following me about for a week. <laughs> but you could be, you could be helpful to me. So you know, I did some work for him, and that all went well. So after that finished, I met up with the investment banker. Let's, right. let's call him Fred. Okay. Um, to protect the innocent. <laughs> so, and then he's like, congratulations, you know, your first uh, job going really well. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. Let's celebrate. Um, do you want to go to Barcelona? I was like, when? <laughs> right. He was like, now. And I went, I okay. <laughs> so uh-huh. he's obviously planned this, you know, it's been booked. So we go to we go to Barcelona. And, you know, by this point, he's met my parents and everything. I was just like, yeah, it's really exciting. Although, you know, people have said to me, is this not a bit weird? Is this not a bit much? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, no, this is because my work is good, right? <laughs> That's of course, what this is about. I'm a star. <laughs> and, um, Anyway, when we're there, that's when he confesses to me, actually, I'm in love with you. Ah. <laughs> and I, I get really offended because, as I say, I thought this was a bit odd, being good. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, oh, this is terrible. No, nah, what? It's terrible. Uh, oh, God. Take me home. Yeah, I want to go home. So, <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to remember the order of how things happened. More or less, I said... Nah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's it. Okay. This is finished. So that was that. And then, but you know, he would still phone fairly regularly, and I would sometimes maybe have a chat or ignore it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then one day, he phones me and he says, um, "I've got two tickets to see Stevie Wonder in Boston next month. Do you want to go?" Oh, God. 
I say, I want to go. Hang <laughs> so, my principal, so let's go to Boston. Yeah. Stevie Wonder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, there you go. It's business class over to Boston. Four Seasons Hotel. Go and see Stevie Wonder. It's brilliant. <laughs> and then the next morning after the concert, um, in this twin room in the Four Seasons, I wake up anyway with a hand on me. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I really lose my temper then. I'm like, no, it's, oh, fuck. Get me out of here now. Okay, Take yeah. me home. Take me home. And... <laughs> Uh, so he, I mean, he managed to talk me into, you know, staying the the remainder of the trip it was on another day or something like okay, that. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah, I think when when we got back to the UK, I sort of said, "Don't don't call me again." I never did. Wow. So that was a that was a drama. <laughs> Wait, so where's the other guy coming into this? What's the connection? Oh no, that was just that was just how a side thing. to be in London at that time. Oh, that's, that's how you how got we to went London. To Bar- okay, that's how okay. we went to Barcelona. Yeah. So, sake. um, and now you don't speak. No, so I happen to, sometimes, whenever I'm in London, I sometimes, if, you know, if I'm walking about the city of London, I imagine turning a corner and like, if, if I see him, what would I say? Wow. And, you know, I wonder if, you know, I've got a fairly uh, easy to find online presence, you know, if he was into evidence and what I'm up to, you know, sure, sure. maybe we listen to this, you never know. Maybe. <laughs> well, the thing is, he took, took you all that way under a ruse to tell you that he was in love with you. And actually, this isn't a podcast at all, Tommy, because today... <laughs> <laughs> I set this whole thing up. Um, just keeps happening to you. That's amazing. I love stories like that, though. Yeah. I, so I think the even though it, you know, was a bit of a roller coaster in many ways, what it did do was give me the confidence or the ability to think, okay, maybe this could be my career, photography. Maybe actually I can do something with this. Right. So that's what I did. Yeah. It probably put put some wits about you for future encounters as well absolutely yeah because then you go yeah. okay so not everybody is right, yeah, doing yeah. exactly what they say they're uh-huh, doing uh-huh. yeah how amazing so that was i mean you were pretty young did you say 20 20 that's right yeah right but by this time you're you're working and you've got he's funded the exhibition yep yep uh-huh and then did that did that work as a springboard despite the bad outcome um yeah, oh, yeah, I'd say so. Uh-huh. So you were kind of on your way then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd made a wee start or just enough to sort of make me, yeah, just, I mean, give me a lot of confidence, I think, or yeah. a bit of it at least. Yeah so. yeah. so tell me about the definition of professional photographer in the sense that uh, what I know you for is theatre stills, mm-hmm. but you do different things, right? Yeah. What's the division of labour like there? Um, I'd say most of my work... The bread and butter is theatre and classical music, so perfor- music performance too. type right. stuff. Um, and then otherwise, it's it's anything that involves people, really. I mean, you know, portraits or actors' headshots, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or um, on the sort of more corporate end of things, I suppose, I would I, I do some work for universities um, for their prospectus, that kind of thing. Oh, right. So anything involving people, really. I don't think I've ever been paid to do something like a landscape or... Uh, or anything like that, or animals, or maybe maybe architectural interiors a wee bit, but oh. maybe comes into it. But um, but yep. Yeah, so the the two strands of working in theatre stills is the production shots, mm-hmm. um, and or then and then the promotional images, which could be the photograph they use in the poster, that kind of thing. Right, of course. Yep. And then re- what about rehearsal images? Oh yeah, of course rehearsals too. Uh huh. But then I wonder. I always think this is odd when we know that there's a photographer coming into rehearsals. I think we act differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, the thing is changed by being observed. That's always the case, sure, isn't it? Sure, sure. So, like, on the day that the photographer's coming in, you come in and you're in the green room in the morning, you barely recognise people. You're like, oh, morning, Jean. <laughs> Jean's got her best dress on, you know, whatever, whatever. Someone's got fancy shoes. And I'm like, okay, it's interesting. So, I wonder if you've ever actually seen a rehearsal or if you've just been right, in lots okay. of stage rehearsal rooms. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I think I've seen some that, you know, like, well, maybe it's because... You know, I'm trying to think. Maybe because I've been doing it a bit longer now that I'm, some people are comfortable with me. You know, if yeah, I've been in a lot true. of rehearsals they've been in, or I have seen some actors, you know, sort of like genuinely quite miffed that maybe you know the marketing department hasn't told them that a photographer's coming in, and you're right, they haven't put their best oh, yeah, dress I on. Like you know, that. nobody <laughs> likes that. I mean, not it's not a massive transformation with me, but <laughs> sure, but it sure. is for me. It feels mm-hmm. different. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's your personal yeah, yeah. thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, wh- what I wonder is, have you seen? properly seen loads of these productions or do you feel like you've missed a lot of them do you know um, what I mean yeah I mean you, you definitely do miss a lot when you're just taking photographs watching a run mm-hmm. um and I think that yeah I noticed that when 
because sometimes I'll go and see the show without a camera afterwards, you right. know, and then I realise, my God, I, there's a whole disco yeah, on. Yeah, I, really? I completely missed, and you know, because you know, you're sort of you're so involved in what you're looking at or thinking, where is that person? Where's that body going to move next? And how's that going to affect the composition? Where's yeah, the light yeah. going to be coming from? That I, you know, I'm, even though I think I'm keeping up with the story uh, or the plot yeah. or you know the nuances there, I, actually there's things I completely miss. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's always rewarding to go again and see it. Well, that's cool. What kind of shows do you think are the most satisfying to to capture? Do you do you feel like in terms of like a, a different type of show could be more uh, photogenic maybe or? Um, I suppose I know everything's got its sort of something in there. I mean, obviously, when you photograph something like opera, they spend a lot of money on their sets, and it's very mm. spectacular and that kind of thing. Yeah. But even just a, you know, a simple two hand in a black box, it just means you're looking for different things. I suppose you know you're going to be focused as a photographer on because you don't have a big set or you know or dramatic lighting necessarily. It's mm. just you're just going to be maybe writing in somebody's face. It's going to be the, come the ex, the actor's expression that's going to be something that's of interest to yeah, you there, of course, yeah. or the movement or something like that. Yeah. Is there anything that actors and performers do that makes your job easier or more difficult? I'm just taking notes here so that I'm better for you next time. <laughs> hmm. Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's part of the a part of what I should be trying to do is. You know, or what I'm trying to do is capture something authentic in the performance. So I think if the actor just gives that, just do your thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, you do your thing. I'll do mine. And yeah, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sometimes it can be. If sometimes people, you can tell when an actor is maybe trying, and actually it's it's not very helpful for me because yeah. Yeah. What trying to strike poses and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah, did you yeah, get yeah, that? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Or you know, playing up to the camera a bit when actually I think the best pictures, or at least from my point of view, come when that's not happening. Do you think that's yeah. more common in newer or younger actors, or other other cultures? Oh yeah, I think? think I would think so. Yeah, I think that's that. Is probably Getting more down common. left and being like, uh, yeah, here yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you were telling me before we started that your dad is from Hong Kong. That's right. Yeah. Came here in in the eighties. Did you say? Uh, yep. Yep. So he came over here to study um, at Air College. So Air College. his sister had already moved to air um and opened hong kong to take away there really uh-huh. yeah yeah so i think she might have been one of the first you know chinese people in here what brought um, her to air i can't remember this exactly uh, i'm sure i've asked this question before to my, uh, but i've never remembered the answer so it can't be that great but for some reason they ended up in air yeah but it sounds magical because you think uh-huh. air like space <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. you know wow so she was already here for some years or yeah and uh so when my dad was looking for somewhere to study leaving hong kong she said oh you should come to here it's good yeah, so. cool so she did like it <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah. and he met your mum in here he did yeah so he was working nights at the takeaway and uh my mum would come in after a night out for something to eat yeah so you've got your were you born in here uh irvin central oh, right, okay. and i raised in here yeah so yeah. you're an ayrshire boy i didn't know that yeah yeah did you know that janice is from ayrshire no i didn't she's ah. from Kilmarnock. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. That's why she says, good. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little touch that not many people know about. I was saying it to George Drennan the other day, because he's from Kilmarnock. <laughs> used to work at Paris Match Cafe. Right. Um, anyway, I was <laughs> oh, just interested my, my, my grandpa used to say, good, used to, after a, uh, after his dinner, he would, like, you know, pat his knees, set the plate in the side of the armchair, and he'd say, oh, that was good. G-I-D Gid He said that Spelled uh, it out That's it <laughs> Oh that's so sweet Now would that be the same Grandpa whose voice I've heard It would be Yeah yeah Annie you're fucking trifle yeah, yeah. Papa Trevor yeah. Okay so just take it Just bring it right back And tell me the story Of that Those videos We all we, Many people I think In Scotland And around the world Know Granny Annie Yep uh, Tom get that camera Out of my face Etc mm-hmm. etc et And if you don't Obviously You, you, want, you want to look it up It's one of the early I think YouTube hits Yep Of, I mean, of Scotland It was certainly um, In I mean YouTube had not long been Invented If that's the word uh, When I started Uploading them there Right So I mean I'd been taking <clears throat> Videos of my gran Me tormenting my gran Since I was 14 Since I got that first Digital camera Because it did right. do uh, videos and then you know i would i would i would show them to my pals <laughs> and we'd have a laugh and then when youtube came about 
I sort of thought, oh, well, this would be easier then. I can just upload them there and then send my pals the link, you know, or, or, yeah, exactly. So, um, that's what I did. And I would just, I would just send the link to my pals. Um, but maybe, and then maybe that was around the time when you would share things on Facebook or or somebody would put something on a wall. But anyway, I would check the YouTube insights just for fun, you know, and be like, oh, you know, 15 people watched it this week. (laughs) And then one week, it was suddenly like 5,000 people watched it. I was like, (laughs) what's happened here? And then you could see the 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 map of the world you know the breakdown no it was mostly in Scotland obviously but then mm. it was, people were watching it in Australia and North America and I was like what's going on here and then yeah it just that went viral that's what happens now isn't it <laughs> yeah but that was early viral yeah so you know. yeah mm-hmm. now videos on TikTok get hundreds of well, thousands of, of views and yeah, you just don't know who they are <laughs> <laughs> but I was teaching um, young people in America and someone said to me my shoulder hurts or I've got a sore shoulder and I was like I was your shooter son and they were like what are you what and I explained it to them and I made them watch it so these kids in this Irish music centre in Minneapolis like I was your shooter <laughs> trying to say it brilliant so is that that video that we all know is that that's a sort of a cut together of lots of little ones is it yeah that's right yeah yeah so yeah. were they initially shorter clips just one thing more or less, or I would just see what I would get when I was just filming, you know, and then if I thought, oh, well, that's a, that's a line, you know, I'll, I'll keep that and maybe just put it together at some point. And some of them, most of them are me just, you know, really harassing her like that. But there were some where I just sort of sit and talk to her. And, right. uh, I remember seeing years ago, seeing one where you sat and you were asking her about stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it was her just her opinion on uh-huh. something. I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah. So yeah, it's just quite nice to have that. And actually now that she's gone, it's sort of. Uh, I really cherish them actually of because course. yeah, uh-huh. but what you did with that that one that we know is put together lines. Oh yeah, just yeah. little sections. Uh-huh, like, get uh-huh. the camera out my face, Sir Shooter. Yeah, yeah, and then the swearing. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it's great. <laughs> did you just turn up at our door like with the camera already rolling, or what, how did it work? I'm fascinated. So I mean, if I went round for a visit, then oh yeah, she'd make a cup of tea and then we'd just sit down and then maybe I'd turn it on. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't be rolling all the time. But, and she'd uh, be like, oh, get, "Get rid of that camera! Why do yeah, you always yeah. do this?" Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> what was she like as a person? Well, she was great. I think I, I think lots of her character does come through in those um yeah. on those clips. I mean, obviously got quite a temper on her, but I mean that's why I inc- include the laughter in that video because it's important. I think for people to know that. I wasn't really being a you know a cruel cruel sure. gra- you know it was it was all in fun and she knew that yeah uh, I mean and that's sort of I think that's quite a quite common in like a certain kind of old Scottish lady where you know that temper can just go with that but actually yeah it's not it's not real anger it's just it's on for a minute and then it's off and then you're laughing again no you get put in your place I think uh, exactly very easily not not afraid to do that to you yeah but yeah. it's all in good fun uh huh uh-huh. when she says get it to hell out it reminded me of we had friends in Ardrossan when I was growing up right and Maura Lapsley who lived in Barry Terrace in Ardrossan sounded exactly like that <laughs> and I remember at that moment going that's Ayrshire mm, and then yeah. but honestly for years even when I was doing stuff and you were you were shooting it I never made that connection right do you still get people making that connection for the first time and going wait you're Tom oh yeah yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. God, I mean amazing. there were times when people would know but people you know uh, nobody that i would know at all just like you know back when i was in the sub club days you know somebody come up to the toilet and say to me you're granny annie's grandson like, oh, <laughs> you know that but yeah yeah, yeah did you used so. to bring your camera in the sub club um oh yeah uh yeah i would have actually yeah it would have been there all the time yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> always there <laughs> always there do you yeah. have a camera with you right now i do yeah so uh-huh. you always have it yeah yeah always have it i mean the one i've got with me now is um it's not like a big thing with a detachable lens. I've mm-hmm. got this wee one that even fits in my jeans pocket, but that is better than a phone. So yeah, I'm oh, really happy with it. Yeah. Okay. Is that the new uh-huh. one? Um, it is a new one. Yeah. Uh, oh no, actually, it's fairly. New. I recently got a new work camera, so it was quite a bit, uh, fairly large thing. Right. And the reason I got it is because it's silent. So uh, I've been needing one of those for a while. Obviously, it's very handy for classical music. Mm-hmm. But I've started to get into doing a bit more work in film and TV. So, so you that's still while they're rolling. While they're rolling, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that makes life silent. a bit easier. Even the shutter, just everything's just yeah, completely silent. How so, amazing! Yeah. And what was the one I saw on your Instagram? Something a very sort of flat-looking wee camera. Mm-hmm. Something about close range or 
What was the specialism there? Uh, so, uh, was that just quite recently? Uh, the last few days, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, that would have been the one. It's, so that's it. It's, it's, is that the silent one? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, so mirrorless is the the, right. the the technology. I don't really understand how it works exactly. It's it's basically more electronic than mechanical. So, there's no there's no shutter that goes... Oh, there's no actual mechanism. That's, right, okay. Yeah, so that's why, that's why it's silent. It's not actually happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How amazing. Do you find yourself just swimming in, in stuff, though, because of this job? Uh, equipment you mean bits. yeah and like yeah but um i quite like it i mean i'm not a, a pure camera geek you know i don't really like if people try and talk to me about cameras or like you know i'm just saying right. no that's not really what i'm interested in okay um although i mean uh, yeah, to, to a small extent but yeah. i like to talk about oh you know this new model or that but when you start getting into like oh, oh what size is the sensor and all this kind of thing i'm like oh, i don't really care you know <laughs> as long as it takes the photos that i want it to take sure so you're um, a photo geek probably yeah exactly but not a exactly uh-huh yeah sort of i'm much yeah. more interested in the end than the means you know so i'm certainly you know i, I don't go in for films or dark room or all that uh, film photography and you know dark room or own developing that wouldn't really interest me right, I don't think. right. Yeah, yeah i'm a bit like that with this podcast i suppose to a certain extent i enjoy the wee bits and bobs mm-hmm. but really I want it to sound great and the conversation to be great. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. I, mean? uh-huh. I don't really want to talk about plugins and right, sure, sure. You know, editing with someone. I'm so <laughs> yeah. bored with editing. Do you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, I bet. It's rewarding when when it when you get it right, though. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? Because you must do a hell of a lot of editing. Yeah, um, so I don't like sort of... I do work to tone and colour mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I don't like... Um, uh, taking out stuff that's in there or, or putting stuff in that isn't you know that's right. a different kind of realm for me I think and something I'm not very good at anyway mm. so um, there is that but yeah it is, it is amazing when you sort of when you get it right as you say because now when I'm photographing I'm kind of aware of what I can do when mm-hmm. I edit it and so I've kind of got that in mind and then you kind of go and do it and you're like yeah that's that's what I thought it was going to like that's great or sometimes yeah. even better than what I thought it was going to like so that's a real joy yeah 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 because you can get away with murder in, in a lot of ways yeah you could do probably a lot more as you say you could take stuff out and yeah yeah cheat yeah yeah more than you I mean I do a fair bit but I think the key I learned this very young was like you don't ever, you try not to say to yourself I'll fix it in the edit I'll mm-hmm. fix it in post yeah that's right because then what you do is you put bad content in exactly you expect to yep. get good stuff out mm-hmm. you kind of have to put it good on the way in don't you yeah yeah that's right yeah is there a i mean what, what's the division in your life between work and life how how clearly defined is it or is that a struggle for you um in some ways it's not clearly defined because i do love my work mm. um and then i'm always taking photographs in my personal life anyway for fun mm. so in that sense it's not easily divisible but on the other hand i suppose that you know i'm either working or i'm not i suppose there's the i mean i think like a lot of freelancers you can be it's quite hard it's quite rare that i've got a balance where you know i've got a bit of work a bit of rest and a bit of play in the same sort of day either it's i've Mm -hmm. got a couple of weeks where i'm absolutely rushed off my feet (laughs) or i've got a couple of weeks where there's nothing yeah Um, which is kind of can be nice as well in a way to break it that way Mm -hmm. But it uh, can also be quite stressful. I mean, it, as I say, I was getting a bit more work in film and TV and they tend to be very long days, you know, you're sort of... And they can be a lot more consecutive days than, than it is for me working in the theatre. So, it could, you know, I might just go home, empty my pockets, sleep, get up the next morning, you know, mm-hmm. char- after the battery's been charged and the memory card's emptied, do it again. Mm-hmm. You hardly ever see it inside your house. But, um, but you know, that can be really enjoyable for a while as well actually so there's a buzz in that i think absolutely yeah part of our job and i mean broadly in the arts and stuff is like sometimes those long days can be great because mm-hmm. yep. you get that that beyond tired kind of yeah there's a vibe to that uh-huh. i think the first the first you know few days can be can be really tough and then once you somehow get into the swing of it and yeah. then when a project finishes and you know you're, you're suddenly at home again and you're like oh I'm supposed to do now. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, going from I'm just going by your Instagram, which I've only recently started following, and I'm like, this guy's never stopped. <laughs> he's up climbing up rocks, and he's, you know, um, are you are you the type of person who has to be doing something? Do you find that? Yeah, I think so. And to be honest, I've the I discovered climbing only a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and that's really changed my life quite a lot. Uh, I think that. Yeah, I probably do kind of always need to be doing something. And before I sort of discovered fitness and, you know, doing things in my body, I think I probably, the stuff I did was just drink. And, right. you know, 
Campbell and you know things that weren't really oh, very really? good for me you know okay so yeah it's really changed my life to discover fitness it just gives me that same sort of buzz as you know getting pissed all the time did but <laughs> it's, it's actually good for me and it doesn't cost as much money you know Great. So, so, yeah. bloody expensive to drink now <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah what about do you do you not gamble at all anymore oh i mean i would <laughs> i would i could only gamble if if I had friends with me that could say that is enough now, oh, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. But you've got some amount of control over it in the sense that you've just, you decide not to start. Yeah, exactly. On a given yeah. day, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I did, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed trips to the casino until I, <laughs> until I didn't, you know, but yeah. then, uh -huh, but yeah, if now if I go, I would say like, okay, maybe I'm setting aside 50 quid, that's all I get to spend. When that's sure. gone, it's gone. And I need a friend to say, right, no, that's, that you've done that. You now. said you that. Go, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you go like after nights out or did you go specifically to go to the casino? Um, it would be more of an after nights out thing as well. Right. So again, that's a you judgment. Know, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh -huh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When was the last time you did that? Oh, this afternoon. <laughs> no, it's been years. <laughs> oh, it's been years. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, certainly pre COVID. I think that's probably, you know, actually COVID and lockdown and being sort of like, well locked down um did help that was another help in sort of getting rid of these bad habits because yeah. it was always it was all kind of social stuff for me as well actually so when there was yeah. nobody i was never going to sit and you know drink by myself so i'll go on ladbrooks and exactly like, yeah, yeah never, never on, on line right. gambling anything like that okay. so it was, oh, it was always blessed social yeah yeah because <laughs> people do i mean i know i know yeah can you imagine how mm -hmm. devastating it must be god i can tell you one story that actually maybe helped put me off the casino was um wasn't a very good night <laughs> and i went out to the smoking area that's another habit i've kicked which i'm really pleased about good i was you. out the smoking terrace and uh a guy came out and he said um how's your night going i said oh not very good to be honest and he said no mine neither fucking terrible don't know how i'm gonna pay for the kids school uniforms now and i was like oh jesus <laughs> so <laughs> that was that everything's you know. on the line isn't it yeah 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 it's awful there's something about betting shops that really i find so sad and worrying like you mean you walk past betting shops and people outside smoking and they look mm. furtive and you think i don't think it's going well here no, no. i don't think it's going well for many people except the people who own these betting shops right. yeah, yeah exactly exactly somebody's winning and it's mm -hmm. always the house isn't it yeah i mean that was one of the worst things that happened to me when i gambled that i had one night that i won a lot of money and I was so and then that was like well I can do that every weekend now I can do that every I'll year. just do that and then the next time I went in I was like no no but last time I had a big win I mean I can do that again yeah. and then you just you've spent all that win from last week and then more so yeah, so yeah yeah I, I'm the same I mean I, I never really got that much into it but I think it was quite deliberate because anytime I dabbled I'm, I can feel myself getting very excited mm -hmm. and I'm like for me that's a red flag if getting excited about something is actually a red flag yeah no i know for what me you mean, no, I know do you know what i mean as yeah. an addictive sort of person uh -huh. so i would go this is hugely exciting okay so i can't do that anymore um because i would if i had a win say it was 100 quid i would go well all i need to do is put that 100 down on you know a 50 50 mm -hmm. and I, in my head i go there's every chance yeah, yeah. no no there's half a chance <laughs> that it's doubled again you know what i mean it's yeah. that simple and then of course it's gone yeah, that's it, yeah. Or or it's doubled and the same happens again. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's 200 quid. I'll just put that down on red. Yeah. Ah, yeah. black. <laughs> <laughs> no skill. Like, I wouldn't be involved in any kind of skill-based game. No, that, that was the game that gave me the biggest buzz as well. Just roulette. Just that moment when the thing's spinning around. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know it's just a, a moment of complete... <laughs> yeah, you're in that moment, aren't you? Uh, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's, be, it's been in the moment, yeah. And you, I suppose you get that from climbing, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Because of the sheer, like... I'm in danger, I suppose, that you're in. Yeah, I mean, I, do, I, do, I think um, I'm not yet one of these, like, adrenaline junkies who, like, remove the safety equipment, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so That's I think, to come, don't I worry. <laughs> don't um, wall. Yeah, yeah, right. But, uh, but no, you're right. I mean, it's just so... You get into a state where how all you're thinking about is what you're doing. Yeah, because um, you have to. Really, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. They say that, I mean, I'm, I would be, I would consider myself quite a spiritual person. And one of the spiritual teachers I listen to is Eckhart Tolle. Oh, yeah. He talks mm. a lot about people doing extreme things because it forces you into a state of presence. It brings you into the mm -hmm. moment. You can't, it's mm -hmm. like a roller coaster. When you're on that roller coaster, you can't really, in the middle of it, you're not going, I must phone such and such uh, back. Yeah, exactly. Or I wish I'd never said that to my mother those yeah. years ago. <laughs> you're there and you're going, ah, that's, that's the it. only thing you can think about. Yep. So that's why we seek these things out. Mm -hmm. It's a way to force ourselves into extreme, intense presence. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. 
but we get that in our job as well because you're just like oh my god yeah you know absolutely what's the highest pressure environment for you artistically that you've found oh um yeah i mean i suppose when you're photographing a, a theatrical run it's not well it might be high pressure because there might be a lot going on but it's sort of all, it's all happening in that one space yeah you know, it's contained I, definitely yeah, exactly, in that picture contained, frame, yeah, yeah that's right um so i think probably one of the most stressful projects that i think or that i did recently was um i was working at cop 26 um which was just it was for me non-stop because i had this place to be in there straight to the next place and there was so much happening at each place that phew, there was no time for you know for anything else it was mm. um i'm usually quite obsessive about hydration you know i'm always drinking water and then and the the consequence of that is i, I quite often, always, I always need to pee as well but then <laughs> yeah, yeah. i would get to the end of this day and i was like oh my god i've i've not i've not peed for like six hours and i've, I've hardly had a drink of water in that time as well but i didn't even notice because it's just like you're, wow. you're so running yeah. by but yeah so that kind of high pressure but um oh i enjoy it though it is again as you say it's been present yeah nice. presence yeah, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i feel like we probably get more chances at being present than a lot of people in the yeah. world yeah oh yeah i think that's absolutely true office job people and that stuff we do get mm -hmm. opportunities it's kind of handed to us many times isn't yeah. it yeah yeah what do you think of like in terms of your experience coming out of lockdown and and going back into work and stuff how have things shifted for you um there's a really nice energy at the moment when you go into a theater or a concert hall because everybody and myself included i think is feeling quite lucky that we're, we're doing this obviously they're happy to be back and just thinking yeah god we're lucky as well because they've we now know what it's like without it so yes yeah, renewed we, our we, gratitude we, isn't it for yeah, just yeah, being yeah, there exactly, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. did you i mean did you struggle in the first lockdown in terms of actually surviving? Um, I mean, I was quite lucky that I had some savings and obviously I would rather not have spent them on, you know, basic survival. But yeah, um, yeah. but I didn't have severe financial pressure, I think. that So I was lucky in that way. But I was sort of, I did go through a, pro, a period of, I think, grieving because I honestly thought that was it. My, you know, my career's over and yeah. what am I going to do now? Uh, so I did think about... Um, you know, what else am I qualified to do? So... Time to get that PhD, man. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> the only thing I could think that I was really qualified to do would be to teach uh, high school English or something, which I think I might enjoy, but mm. I don't know. The skeletons in my closet, I don't know if I could teach in high school. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to go back into high schools, <laughs> no. I did a bit of going back into schools when I first graduated. Right, Teaching, right. workshop, leading, that type of thing. And it's just not an environment that I'm very comfortable in. Okay. I never was as a kid. Sure. So I don't know why I expected myself to yeah, be as yeah. an adult. I was like, oh, I've just, I was just reverted, you know. What okay, I mean? really? Back. Yeah, not right. for me at all. Yeah. That's interesting because I think a lot of people had that conversation with themselves. Mm -hmm. what, what would I do, or what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and there's a solidarity in that now that we've come out of it. We can all talk to each other. And go, what did you? Yeah. What yeah. was your experience of that? Because uh -huh. we all had the same thing. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I did find was, it was not nice not working. But I was relaxed about it in the sense that it wasn't like everybody else was working. Uh huh. Because that's, right. that's bad. If you're if you're not working and other people are doing great things, you're like, oh my god, this is torture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least we were all fucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you're away. You're away on the bike again. From here, the bike goes everywhere, right? The bike and the camera. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I didn't start cycling until I was about thirty, and. Um, yeah, I just love it. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's win win win. You know, you keep fit. Uh, it usually gets you quicker than a, even a taxi would. You know, if you're just yeah. cycling about the city centre, and it's free. So I mean, I've not I've not been on the, not been in the Glasgow Underground in years, literally years. So, yeah. Well, do you know? Speaking of, as you mentioned, Niles Crane. I don't know if you know Tom Urey, the actor Tom Urey. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He said to me, we went on the underground once. Now, he tells the story, you know how these things get embellished over the years? Yeah. He says, this was the first time that Brian had ever been on the subway. I was like, well, that's not true, <laughs> right? But the real story is that when I got on, I dusted the seat down with my hand. And then he says, you're the only person I've ever seen sit side saddle on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> and then he started calling me Niles Crane. Yeah. From that day to this, Brilliant. he still calls me Niles. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so when you said, I've not been on the subway for ages, I'm like, that's, that is good news for anybody. <laughs> I mean, it's a horrible place down there. Nobody yeah. wants to be down there, mm -hmm. you know. 
I've actually started taking my bike uh, just more recently down to London when I go. Oh, really? Uh, taking it on the train. And that's been nice. Uh, it's made me... I've, I, I still don't want to live in London. I never really have. But mm-hmm. if I had to now, I'd be much happier. I think it makes makes you realise the city's much more livable just when you're cycling about it rather than yeah. getting stuck on it, you know, on the underground for for hours every day you also like for years i didn't have any concept of the actual physical geography of london mm, exactly because you go from where you are you go into the basement you pop out yeah. and then you're caught and you're in the next but i mean i've said it many times i once got a subway from covent garden to leicester square right yeah yeah and then i come <laughs> up and i was like in a different bit and i had no idea i was like it's really short isn't it and I, went, I went i'll take the stairs went, oh, all the stairs you know and then i'm like it's a minute down the road yeah yeah exactly you know? but you have no concept so you must be able now to join up all the bits of london yeah that's been really revelatory and good fun that's yeah, so cool, cool. That's that is. Yeah. Oh, okay now i get it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well tommy what an absolute pleasure to talk to you after I mean, how long have we been talking about doing this? It's, it's years been now. years, yeah, yeah. Pre-COVID, uh-huh. we were like, we should do a podcast. Yeah. We're finally doing it. We've done it. Mm-hmm. I'm really pleased that we did. Thank you very much. Thank you. And off he goes, cycling into the sunset, presumably to climb a wall someplace. What a guy. What a guy. And a very talented one as well. Humble, talented... Um, and also, you know, uh, articulate. It's funny that I couldn't find that word. Eh? There was another word I was looking for, actually. Uh, eloquent was the word I was looking for. There you go. Tommy Gagan, man. What a guy. And I really appreciate his time. And all the work he's done over the years that has um, painted me in a favourable light. I mean, he's photographed me probably dozens of times in different shows and, and scenarios. Um, and I always love his work, so that's nice. You know, it's a huge compliment, isn't it? To to see yourself and think, okay, I look all right. <laughs> Thanks to him. Um, so I, very cool, very cool to chat. And I really hope that you enjoyed that uh, conversation as much as I did. I, I like um, when we get a chance to have people from different disciplines on the show. Um, and I can't, or I don't do it as often as, as I like to. Um, it is a little trickier because I don't know as many people. I mean, most of the people I know are actors, of course. But when we get someone like a designer or a photographer, you know, anything like that, um, it's a different insight, you know, and it's a whole world that I know very little of. So it's fascinating for me to hear more about it. And of course, I was a big fan of the Granny Annie videos long before I knew who Tommy was. And even when I did know who he was, I didn't know he was the same Tommy as the Tom mentioned in those videos. So um, that was a, that was a total joy. Anyway, I think um, I think it's been so nice to talk to you. It was great to talk to Tommy. It's been great for my soul doing this episode, and I'm glad that you're listening to it. I hope you made it to the end because I know for me, I don't always finish podcast episodes, and if the statistics are to be believed, neither do many of you, um, and that seems to be quite the norm. So maybe you're one of the diehard fans that's still here at the end. Maybe you're walking through town or you're doing your dishes or you're cycling along or you're on a train. And whatever you're doing, um, hello to you, diehard person who's here at the end. Hello. Now, I should have mentioned this at the beginning when everybody else was still tuned in, but here I'll tell you, uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do it by going to puttingittogethercast.com and clicking on Donate puttingittogethercast.com and clicking on donate is the way to donate some money to the show. Um, We have some new subscribers who donate £1 a month and believe me, it makes a difference. So maybe that's manageable for you and you'd like to contribute to the running costs of this show, which are there um, and do exist and have done for many years and um, we do run at a loss. So if you can, you go to puttingittogethercast.com and you click on donate and like I say, anything um, if it's particularly if it's a regular donation, is very appreciated. Thanks to those new subscribers, you know who you are, including you, Jade Anderson, a big fan of the show and someone who's always posting on social media and supporting the show in as many ways as you can. Really, really appreciate it. All the best to you and thanks for your donations. So, that's about it. That is about it for another week and another episode. Um, 
and uh, next week I'll bring you a brand new episode and I look forward to it and in between now and then I hope that you uh, stretch your artistic muscles and indeed your physical ones you look after yourself and you, you drink your water and you're kind to yourself and to the people around you I mean what more can we do really that's a, that's a good start at least so all the best and uh, I'll speak to you soon cheerio now <laughs>